this is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective. We took the eight out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast, all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com, where you can search for Not Straightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. Want to support Not Straightcast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straightcast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. podcast it gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective this is not straight cast 20 for july 22nd 2021 welcome to not straight cast i'm joe crinock and i'm a little gassy today how you doing joe you're not reading the script jason hmm you're not reading the script. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm Jason, quote unquote, a little gassy today. Yeah, like, that's that's the edit you made, but I'm sticking with what I put first. Well, then how will people know who you are in the show? They'll just think your name's I'm a little gassy. Yeah, they got 19 other episodes to figure out my name. Okay. Well, what you know, what if this <laughs> is their first episode that they're listening to? You know? Well, then they'll read my name in the description. I yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, how have you been? I'm fantastic. What else has been going on with you? Uh, me, um, you know, just been doing the uh, summer cleaning and painting and that's boring. You have more exciting stuff going on in your life here though, too, because I guess now you've been a manager now for a little while. Yeah. How's so, that going? Well, for the last six years, I have been the marketing and events guy, and it was my responsibility to basically, uh, market the business and uh, try to get as many bodies in the door as possible. But uh, as anybody in marketing knows, it's not just about getting the bodies in the door. Once the bodies are in the door, you have to provide them with a positive experience or else you've just kind of shot yourself in the foot. That's more people that'll never come back to your business. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, for instance, with with brewers. I helped them with their marketing uh, temporarily back in the day. And uh, I got the Berg Bears to come over for an event and they packed the place. It was fantastic. The place had never been so busy for as long as I had been in there. Oh, wow. But it was an awful experience. The bartenders couldn't keep up. They ran out of glasses. They just started flat out ignoring people trying to get a drink. And that's a whole bunch of people that now hate that bar and are going to talk shit on it. You know, <laughs> so it was uh, a huge failure and ended up damaging the business more than it helped. You know what oh, I mean? Man. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when you have so many people in a bar, the experience starts to degrade. Yeah. You know, it's like um, 
the bar that I do work for, um, they had a big old uh, outdoor dance party with some uh, DJs. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were quite a few number of people in there. But the problem was, even with three bars, because they had normally two bars, they set up an additional bar. Well, just outside? wasn't enough. So um, yeah, the last time they had this event, they had four bars. And that seemed to make a big difference in regards with people getting drinks. Oh, wow. And then also, too, um, the DJs actually have friends who own a food truck. And so they actually brought them there, too. So that kind of really helped alleviate some of the pressure. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, it was like there was still a line out the door around the block. It's kind of like, wow, this is like pride again. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? So, yeah, absolutely. But as far as I'm getting concerned, I'm getting too old for these big crowds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just it's so tiring. So tiring. Yeah. Anyways. um, Yeah. So what were you saying here? Like you had mentioned in our notes that we wrote for our show here that now I see, you know, everything that I used to complain oh yeah so about management is not coming to me yeah so for the last number of years i would be going to the management and the owners i uh, with suggestions on changes that needed to be made things that needed to be rearranged policies that needed to be implemented stuff like that in order to provide the best customer experience possible i uh, well now i have all of the employees coming to me saying, uh-huh. hey, we should do this and we should do this and this should be changed and, you know, stuff like that uh, and complaints about current policies or recommendations <laughs> for changes and things like that. And so uh, it feels both good and bad uh, because a lot of it is stuff that is a little bit too difficult to change. And now that I'm on the other end, the the financial side of it or. Yeah, because there's the a lot of things side of it. to keep in mind. Yeah, you're trying absolutely. to change things there. How's this going to affect financials? How's this going to. Yeah, it'll be implemented. Absolutely. So I did just put out our annual survey that I do every year uh, online. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'll look and see what the customers are suggesting this year and what they like and what they don't like. And, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Like sex, hate sex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, I've got my family visiting starting Ah. tomorrow. Those are always fun. Yeah. Well, it you know, with the pandemic, I've barely gotten to see them. I think I saw them once in the last year and a half. Uh, but here's the thing about the Bailey family. The Bailey family, we we are all drinkers. Uh, and ah. I've I've recently stopped drinking. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I made I made a joke to my uncle. I have a, a gay uncle back home. And yes. we, we talked like about doing, by the way, you've talked about him before. Yeah. He's fantastic. But, uh, so he was, I told him that I had quit drinking. Okay. And then a couple of days later, my mother was like, I'm coming to visit. And I messaged him. I was like, it, it was like, she could smell <laughs> that I quit drinking. She and, could smell the sobriety on your breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she could smell the coffee brewing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They're coming up tomorrow morning. They're going to stay for two days. I. Uh, I, I got them an Airbnb up uh, up the street, so we'll be close to one another. Smart idea, yeah, because, I mean, that's just much easier than being able to stay somewhere else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, not you, only you that. Don't clean their, you, know, you don't have to clean your bedroom, you know? So. Yeah, not only that, but the hotels around here are, you know, uh, just super expensive. It was $250 a night. That's a nice hotel, though, right? It is, but I don't yeah. want to pay $250 per night. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right, anyway, yeah. I got an Airbnb for them a block away. It's a beautiful apartment, nicer than mine, and it was only 90 bucks a night. There you go. Yeah. And the, un- the only other thing I've got going on is the day after they leave, I'm going back to that camp. Uh, remember how I told you we we talked about the story of like the owner coming up to me whenever I went into this camp. Yeah. Any news on that? Uh, yeah. I, I didn't want to say their name during that podcast because I had mentioned that I had already committed to going back one more time. Yeah. People were asking me what camp that was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and I told my one friend who actually does go there, but yeah. I was like, yeah, we didn't really want to say it on the podcast there. Yeah. You know, he is going back, but yeah, it so was I, this camp. Yeah, so this weekend is is the weekend that I'm going back. So they're having a pup contest, right? Okay. I don't know what all that entails, but you know, it's it's a pup weekend. All the pups are going to participate in this contest, and I noticed that the grand prize for this contest, and there are going to be like a thousand or over a thousand people there for this contest, right? Wow. And the grand prize for this contest is $100. Ooh, big money. <laughs> yeah. So I was talking to uh Cherry, who is uh-huh. who is my boss. Yeah. And uh I was like, "Hey, you know, let's help them out. Let's get our name on this. Let's uh let's donate some money to uh to this contest." And uh let's donate some money to this contest and okay increase the grand prize and mm-hmm. potentially also get our name on this because I mean, a lot of people are going to be seeing this. Yeah. I, uh, and she was like, well, let's take it a step further. Let's also donate a gift basket with some of our more expensive uh, novelty items that we sell here. Okay. I was like, that's perfect because the pups are the, the pups buy this stuff up. So they'll see a lot of value in these items. Yeah. So I look at the flyer, I grab the, the contact person's email address and I email them. I'm like, hi, my name's Jason. I'm the assistant manager at Club Pittsburgh. We would love to just donate some money and prizes to you. You can distribute them however you want. So, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I never got a response. Uh, bad management, Jason. And, you know, <laughs> it amazes me how badly managed some places are. Yeah. Like they so stay in business in spite of themselves, you know? Yeah. It's like, we're going to give you like, hundreds of dollars worth of cash and merchandise for you to increase the value of your contest. I, you just, you can't even respond. So whatever. I'm yeah, still, I'm know. still going to go, but now I don't have to deal with like writing a check and putting a gift basket together. There we go. <laughs> oh man. You know, it's just like, you know, like I said before, it's amazing how some places just, you know, completely drop the ball when it comes to certain things. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And yeah, it's just, you know, any place I've ever been at, it's kind of like, I try to keep them from dropping the ball, you know, even though I'm not a manager, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, no responsibility that, you know, Hey, my name's on this too. Kind of thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, but um, anyways, yeah, we have uh, quite a few stories to cover. It's going to be an interesting news week here. So are you ready to get started with the news? Yeah, let's get in. All right, Joe, have you ever heard of Ed Buck? I have not until now. Okay. So so who is Ed Buck? Ed Buck is an American businessman. He's a political activist, uh, a democratic political fundraiser, a former, former model actor. He's made a significant amount of money running and selling uh, 
the data service company Gopher Courier, uh, which actually propelled him into millionaire status. Uh, and he's also been uh, more active in politics than what was previously said. But okay. yeah, so like a normal gay man who's a millionaire, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so Ed Buck has now been accused of conduct leading to the deaths of two uh, black gay men. Yeah. So uh, what did he do? So recently, a plethora of drug paraphernalia was found in his West Hollywood apartment, including syringes, a pipe and a crystal like substance that was believed to be meth. And all were visible in open drawers of a, of a cabinet once uh, his uh, Hollywood apartment was searched. Uh, shocker, huh? Yeah. So additionally, fetish gear, including masks and, and an electric dog collar uh, were also found. Uh, so Buck, uh, who has been a prominent donor to Democratic candidates, is now on trial on nine federal level felony counts. Two of the counts are distribution of controlled substances uh, resulting in death. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, Jemel Moore, who was 26, died in Ed Buck's apartment in 2017. And a man named Timothy Dean uh, died there in 2019. Uh, so the prosecutors say Buck had a fetish for drugging black men with whom he had sexual encounters and that Moore and Dean were among many with whom he engaged. And Buck was reportedly obsessed with the practice of party and play, which involves drugs and sex. So prosecutors say that Buck coerced men to come to his home and be injected with drugs, sometimes giving them large amounts of cash, and that he forced some of them to engage in sex work. The defense team says the men went to Buck's apartment of their own free will, and that many of them were already addicted to drugs. So Buck was eventually arrested in 2019 after another man overdosed in his apartment but survived, and that guy Dane Brown is expected to testify during this trial. Ed Buck is facing state level charges besides the federal ones, but the trial, uh, the federal trial is being held first. And Moore's mother, uh, Gemma Moore, the one who died in 2017, uh, his mother has filed a civil lawsuit against Ed Buck. Uh, and Ed Buck's trial is expected to last about 10 days, the federal trial, with the prosecution presenting its case first and the defense following next week. So basically, this guy, Ed Buck, uh, he was into, you know, the world of chem sex, party and play, mm -hmm. uh, getting high and having sex. Uh, but he was basically, uh, he had a fetish for black men. And he would basically pay these black men to come over and do drugs and, and have sex. People kept overdosing while they were at his apartment. Yeah. Sounds like he didn't have much luck in that regard, sir. Um, yeah. But, you know, here's the whole entire question. I mean, see, I, I've never done drugs in my life other than smoke some pot, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't even do that. I haven't done that in years. Yeah. So, yeah. And so for me, you know, the question here is, is that one, were there crimes committed? 
Yes. But are these kind of same crimes committed every day? Yes. You know, yeah. people do drugs, you know, it's yeah. as simple as that. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to charge them with here. You know, right. Basically, I, I think the idea is, is that because these people did overdose, whether he was responsible for their overdoses or whether they weren't, you know, or, right. or whether he wasn't responsible for them. Well, that's the charge. Uh, distribution of controlled substances resulting in death. You know, it sounds like he had his, you know, he liked to have his fun and maybe he flew a little too close to the sun there. Yeah. That's the only thing I can really think of here. Yeah. I mean, it's so an unfortunate situation, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. unfortunately it does exist in the, you know, LGBT community, especially the gay community. Right. Like the defense team stated, uh, the, the men went to Buck's apartment of their own free will uh, and th that many of them were already addicted to drugs. So if you're a drug addict and some millionaire in Hollywood is saying, hey, come on over and do some of the drugs that you already like and I'll give you some cash. I don't think you're gonna, gonna pass that up. Yeah, yeah no, no, nobody's gonna pass that up. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a little bit, you know, it, it, it's a little bit uh, weird to me that three people have overdosed in that apartment. But at the same time, Buck is rich, so he yeah. can have as uh, as large a quantity of drugs in that apartment that he wants, mm -hmm. uh, like a never ending supply. So when you're an addict, when do you quit? You know, when exactly. You, and he apparently was not a very good judge of that, you know, yeah, he just let things go too far, I guess. I mean, absolutely. If there's really, if there's really any limit you could put on it. I'm, I'm not condoning that there is a limit there. Well, other right. than the limit being zero myself personally, but you know, well, there's like, a point there where, yeah, you would go from being okay and surviving the next day and you know, being fine. Yeah. To well, just doing too much and ODing. Yeah. It's, it's like for me, I, I can justify buying maybe two uh, Wendy's bacon pretzel pub burgers. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's as much as I can really justify spending on a Wendy's trip. Mm -hmm. Or even eating on a or Wendy's trip. Yeah. And if I went to a millionaire's place in Hollywood and he had 450 Wendy's bacon pretzel pub burgers, I might, <laughs> I might have, I might have three or four. And I might, I might end up getting some nasty heartburn and, and stomach discomfort. <laughs> you, know? uh, you might OD on uh, burgers. Huh? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh man. <laughs> oh my God. You might OD on the burgers. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I eat oh. five or six. You know, it's kind of like when somebody puts a whole entire pizza in front of you. Yeah. 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 Kind of hard not to eat the whole entire thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially if the slices are small, you know, and it's cut in 16 pieces. Yeah, I know that I know so that small. struggle too with the, right. the Domino's thin crust. Domino's yeah, that's a great pizza, but the problem is around my house, mm -hmm. my Domino's sucks to no end. Like, oh, ev if, every Domino's sucks. Um actually the one by my work doesn't suck. Oh, okay. Um, because it's really close to the workplace. Uh, <laughs> it's like around the corner. So, so I can actually I, just walk and pick it up. As I was traveling uh for work at my previous job. Yeah, there would always be a Domino's nearby and I used the Domino's app. So I would always have a bunch of points. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just kept doing that because I enjoy their chicken wings, their pizzas cheap. And I was trying to conserve money no matter what city I was in the Domino's, at least the Domino's employees were awful. I don't think those would be attracting the highest quality employees. Yeah, probably not. You know, probably it's, not. yeah, it's, uh, 
it's unfortunate, you know? Yeah. So anyways, I don't know how we got on the pizza from drugs, but I don't know either. <laughs> but uh, speaking of food, you've got a story about Apple. Get it? <laughs> Hardy har har. <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah. So Apple's under fire after the release of a joint study from U.S. based advocacy group Fight for the Future and China based Great Fire. Um, they're being accused of enabling the widespread censorship of LGBT apps in 152 different countries. The study uncovered 1,377 alleged cases of app access restrictions in 152 app stores around the world, with the most blocked apps being We Belong, Hinge, Cutie, Adam for Adam, and hashtag Open ENM plus polyamorous dating. Have you ever heard that app, Jason? No, I. <laughs> That's a long ass title for an app, huh? Anyways, uh, six out of the top 10 areas with censored LGBT content are in sub. Saharan Africa in the vast majority of countries where apps are blocked corresponded with poor human rights scores for the LGBTQ community. The country with the highest number of unavailable apps was found to be Saudi Arabia at 28, closely followed by mainland China at 27 and the United Arab Emirates at 25. In a statement, Apple claimed that the report contained some inaccuracies and none of the 27 apps in China were removed by Apple. Apple states that there's other factors involved, including developers making the app only available in certain countries. However, Great Fire claims that their research didn't count some apps that were removed by their developers and said that the highest probability is that Apple decided to remove the app. The results we have obtained after conducting several thousand tests are damning, they said. We know that many countries have hostile policies and laws towards their LGBTQ communities, but by enabling this shameful discrimination, Apple's responses to his obligations to comply with local law are yet another smokescreen. Additionally, Fight for the Future accused Apple of plastering rainbow flags in its U.S. marketing while actively helping governments around the world isolate, silence, and oppress LGBTQ people. Apple may claim that blocking apps where LGBTQ people can find community and safety is just the cost of doing business in repressive countries, but the fact that Apple's draconian app store monopoly especially its decision to prevent users from installing apps from the open web to maintain control and profits makes this discrimination and censorship possible. She said. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead there. Well, here's the thing. Uh, great fire is saying that the highest probability is that Apple decided to remove the app. Apple is saying flat out hi no we didn't remove the app uh so the apple's saying that there are some inaccuracies in the report and and whatnot it's difficult for me to uh to get upset about gay apps not showing up in the app store in countries where gays are prosecuted you know yeah because I mean? here's the thing apple has to follow the law in this country right you know, just like right. any other company does. And they could run the risk of having no app store whatsoever. Right. In that country or not even be able to do business in that country. If they're just breaking the laws left and right. Right. It's more or less the laws need changed. Not yeah. Apple's behavior. You know, Apple's trying to work the system the best they can. Right. As far as I'm concerned here. It's like we use the Imperial system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and Everybody else uses metric, you know? Right. And in, uh, in America, 
most of the apps with measurements are going to have the option to turn on the imperial system or the imperial system is the, the default. Yeah. Uh, in other countries, the metric system may be the default uh, with or without the option to, to switch over to imperial at will. Uh, the developers and Apple itself will customize that region's experience based on the norms for that particular location. And if, if it's a country where gay people are going to get killed for being gay, might not be a good idea to include the gay apps, uh, which could potentially be monitored by the government, or as you said, cause Apple to be blocked in that region. Exactly. But Apple keeping apps out of their app store that don't follow the policies, their own policies. Yeah. Or the country's, you know, laws. Yeah. You know, that's within Apple's rights. You know, unfortunately they had to do that. I don't think they're happy about doing it, but they have to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Plus also too, Apple is very protective of their environment. Apple has their walled garden environment there. They're very sure. protective of everything in their environment there, in their, in their ecosystem. Android's more loose, you know, so if you want to be able to go ahead and install an app that's not in the Google Play Store, yeah, you know, you can definitely sideload it very easily sure. onto Just... an Android device there, and they even give you the capability to do that, unless yeah. the Android manufacturer customized the operating system to remove that, you know, right. but there are choices out there. It's not like Apple is the only phone out there that you can get, you know, right. there's plenty of choices that you can go and get. If you don't like Apple's policies, just go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I personally choose to use the, uh, uh, the 2015 Nokia. Oh, really? No. <laughs> Dropping it <laughs> out of your, uh, third the, story window there the, in your apartment. Yeah. The, hey, it the, still works or the windows phone, but yeah. <laughs> so those are your windows top choices, phone? huh? Yeah. Or I, pers I personally love my, uh, Palm pilot. Yeah, yeah, and the, the even have a phone in it, you know, just the, I store the my contacts in there. The 2005 BlackBerry Storm, you remember that? Oh my god, Jason, I used to work for Verizon. Yeah, we introduced that phone, it was a piece of shit. I did like the BlackBerry Storm, I thought that I was cool as hell <laughs> whenever I got that because nobody else that I knew had a touch screen phone. Oh, okay, and uh, so I was like hot shit. <laughs> until you started using said phone, yeah, right. I don't know. I liked the click screen. I liked that you had to physically press down on the screen for some reason. Yeah, but that was probably the biggest point of failure on those phones. And actually, every phone that we actually had at Verizon, mm -hmm. the click screen stopped working eventually. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, we were starting a shit ton of returns on that phone. Oh, wow. And That's working okay. in data technical support. Yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, we know this. Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I only had it for like a year. And then I think I got the first Android phone. Now that was a major success for Verizon when the Motorola Droid. The, yeah, the Moto Droid. Yeah, that's what yeah. I got. I I had one of those. I still have it actually. I actually oh, yeah. have the Droid Two as well. Um, I still have those like stored away somewhere here. Oh wow! I love those phones. They had the keyboard, the slider. Yeah. I mean, the slider became a little sticky after a while there, but still, I mean, everything else worked great, and you didn't actually need to use the keyboard. You just yeah. leave the phone closed and use the on-screen keyboard if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a wonderful phone. It was a wonderful phone. That really I, kicked off Android, I tell you what. Um, oh, yeah. During this time period is also while I was working at Best Buy, so that's why I was so obsessed with the phones. 
but it's a uh, new blackberry storm yeah all right so we could probably given our backgrounds we could probably talk about the history of cell phones or smartphones for forever but, Welcome to uh, uh, not TechCast. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Here, let's so, get on to this next story here. Which yeah. It's so, actually kind of like two stories in one. Yeah. So we're going to divide it up here. So yeah. uh, you've heard of, obviously, because you wrote this script, uh, the book Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. And yes. Yeah. So this book, uh, Irreversible Damage, is a controversial title written by Abigail Schreier, who is famously anti-trans. The book is so anti-trans that Amazon employees have tried to get the book banned by Amazon. And the book even perpetuates the idea that being transgender is inherently harmful to youth and something that has to be cured, right? Mm-hmm. So Amazon previously acknowledged the book's offensive content when it suspended a paid for advertising campaign last year, uh, but it does continue to sell the title and target also pulled the book from shelves in February. So that's, that's how bad this book is. Uh, and anti-trans well, despite did every even end up at Amazon and target, you know, how can the I, buyers be like, yeah, that sounds like a good book to, give our uh, audience yeah. i have i have no idea so it's uh, been a major brain fart by both of them there anyways <laughs> yeah so despite how anti-trans and awful this book is uh the american booksellers association sent the book to 750 independent bookstores as part of its monthly white box mailing uh, and the white box is just sort of this thing that includes a range of promotional and marketing materials uh, and recommended titles that uh, publishers wish for booksellers to read and continue stocking. So it's basically a promo box that independent bookstores get uh, uh, each month. And probably these publishers are paying the ABA and everything, you know, it's yeah. like, hey, put your book in our box and get it out to those you know, retailers. Yeah, absolutely. So they send out this monthly white box and uh, they send it to 750 independent bookstores. The first book in it is irreversible damage. And guess what day it was irreversible damage day. I don't know. It sounds (laughs) like that's what they were headed towards here. Yeah. International non-binary people's day. Oh God. No. Yeah. Oh no. (laughs) So I, I laugh, but it's not funny. I, not at all. No. Yeah. At Brooklyn's Greenlight Bookstore, a trans bookseller, Casey Morrissey, was the first person in the store to open the box. Uh, and they tweeted the following. I'm seething. I was excited to open our July white box. And then the first book I pulled out is Irreversible Damage. Do you know how that feels as a trans bookseller and book buyer? It's not even a new title. So it really caught me in the gut. Do better. Uh, that's yeah it's i mean they feel they are absolutely valid in that feeling yeah and other booksellers i kind of echoed that sort of shock one tweeted i need the aba to explain how this happened with an outline of how they will rectify this and provide or and avoid promoting transphobic hate speech in the future and so those are two examples of many many 
uh, tweets that I that I could quote. Oh yeah. Uh, but within hours, the uh, ABA had issued uh, an apology, and the statement reads as follows: An anti-trans book was included in our July mailing to members. This is a serious, violent incident that goes against ABA's end policies, values, and everything we believe and support. It's inexcusable. Apologies are not enough. We've begun addressing this today and are committed to engaging in the critical dialogue needed to inform concrete steps to address the harm we caused. Those steps will be shared in the next three weeks. Uh, so according to the publisher of Irreversible Damage, they offered the free copies to booksellers to promote the book's forthcoming paperback release and have been blindsided by the ABA's statement. Uh, so the, the president and publisher of the book said, the only explanation that I can think of for the ABA's statement that credits them with a rational, though dishonorable, motive is that they're trying to drum up publicity for their annual Banned Books Week promotion coming in September. So the ABA apologized for, uh, to recap here, the ABA apologized for sending the book out and the publisher of the book is like, whoa, 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 whoa. We gave you that book to send out and you did it happily. So why are you apologizing? You must be trying to... Uh, create up a, a stir for your banned books month or week coming up in September. See, that's what I was talking about earlier with the whole entire pay the play. Yeah. Kind of whole entire thing there. Yeah. They gave them the free books. It's like, Hey, send those out. And they're like, ABA is probably like, okay, cool. Good. Yeah. We have some content for our box, but then not, there was a little bit of backlash that, yeah. and yeah, they're exactly. like, Oh, whoopsie. We didn't mean to. Plus their <laughs> statement was a little weird. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a stupid idea. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't a violent idea. I mean, there the the idea of free speech does exist, you know. Right. And unfortunately, you know, even though you may not like the book that was written, and you may completely disagree with the book, it has a right to be written. Well, sure. Well, I think that that. Yeah, I'm not part saying of, that the book's any good here. Don't get me wrong. You know. Yeah. Well, I think that that part of the statement referred to the way that it made. Uh, made people feel when it arrived on uh, International, International non, yeah. Non-Binary People's Day, it may have looked like it was an intentional attack. You know what I mean? I think it's just the ABA being more money hungry than anything else yeah. and not looking at the bigger picture of being like, is this actually going to hurt people sending this book out? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, they they managed to piss off a lot of people. Yeah. So there's more to this, though. Yeah. So circling back to the Amazon employees we talked about earlier, because yeah. right now the book got um, there. That advertising campaign got ixnated. Anyways, um, leaders of Amazon's LGBT employee group, Glamazon, <laughs> it's pretty good, actually, <laughs> yeah. strongly urged the company to drop the book. Scores of Amazon employees lodged a complaint in April, arguing that the text violates Amazon's policy against selling books that frame LGBTQ identities as a mental illness. So Shire pushed back on the claims that her book frames LGBT identities as a form of mental illness. And the book is currently listed in the first bestseller category for the hardcover version in Amazon's LGBTQ plus demographic studies category. 
employees circulated a petition calling for the book to be removed from Amazon website. But in April, Amazon director of book content risk and quality declared that Amazon would not stop selling irreversible damage. This is despite the complaint gaining internal support from 467 Amazon corporate employees. After this, at least two employees had enough and decided to leave Amazon. Celine Exina was one of the first employees to resign in June over Amazon's decision to continue carrying the book. She served as a software engineer for the company for seven years and identifies as transgender. Zena said the book literally has craze in the title and considers being transgender a mental illness in many senses throughout the book. I found it extremely hypocritical for Amazon to say it would stock this book and not another similar one, Zena added. It looks like Amazon had to remove that particular book for PR reasons, not because they felt morally obligated to do so. Oh, wow. So these, so the Amazon employees, starting with the LGBT group within Amazon, they all rallied together. And what, do, what was the number? 467 corporate, yes. corporate employees. That's not even like the warehouse workers or anything. These are like the corporate employees all banded together and said, we want this book gone company that we work for. And they still didn't even get rid of it. You know, that's where the whole entire fine line between profits and morality comes into play here. Yeah. It's kind of like, could we sell this book and make money? Piss off people. Yeah. You know, is is basically one worth the other kind of thing. You know, selling right. this book worth pissing off these people, maybe causing people to quit. Right. That's a hard question to answer. And you could argue that either direction. Let me give you an example here for uh, Not Straight TV. Yeah. One of the shows that we produced was with a transgender couple, Mark Angelo Cummings. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cummings. yeah. Yeah. It was called Transition Radio TV. Well, if you go look at Mark Angelo nowadays, he's no longer Mark Angelo. She's now Ritza. Okay. She detransitioned. So she okay. went from being female to male back to female again. Okay. And speaks against the trans community now. Is their voice invalid no is this author's voice invalid no and it's an unfortunate truth like i said before in the first part of the story here Mm -hmm. yeah nobody may like this book but that person has a right to write it you know right whether it should be read by anybody is another story yeah you know it should be spoken out against but, you know, if we took every book that we didn't like and took it off the shelf, we'd have no books at all. I don't know. I think Harry Potter would still be around. A lot of people say, oh, oh wait, people no. who don't like shade, you know, J.K. That's Rollins. right. I, I forgot about that. Never Anti-trans, mind. you know? Yeah, yeah. So there goes Harry Potter. That was the worst example I could have given. Damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, it's an important thing there. I, I'm The point I'm making here is, is that yeah, you may not like the book. Like, for example, some people don't like the Bible. Yeah. But it still has a right to be written. You know, it still has a right to exist. Yeah. You know, just don't read it. Absolutely. Don't let it, don't let it become the number one bestseller on Amazon's list. You know, no wonder why <laughs> Amazon doesn't want to get rid of it. They're making money. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. Crazy, huh? <laughs> but absolutely. still, yeah, don't read that book as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I feel the same way. We're going to go ahead here and take a break. <laughs> So uh, coming up next, a Wyoming motorcycle bar stopped selling a shirt that bragged about shooting members of the LGBT community. 
Is Caitlyn Jenner running for governor of California or filming another reality show? A prominent Russian food market chain tries being inclusive and all non-inclusive hell breaks out. And also a cheesy moment of conclusion as Not Straight Cast continues after this. Want to support Not Straight Cast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straight Cast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. Welcome back to Not Straight Cast. And uh, Jason, did you get your pee in your coffee? Of course I did. Hopefully you didn't get them mixed up there and got a cup of pee and <laughs> yeah, yes. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> some people like that though, so you know. Yeah, anyways. some some people are very into that, yeah. <laughs> right. But uh anyways, let's go ahead and get back into the news here. Alrighty. So uh, according to the Cowboy State Daily, which as you can guess is uh, a newspaper out of Wyoming. Yeehaw. Yeah. Uh, a Wyoming motorcycle bar uh, has decided to stop the sale of a shirt that bragged about shooting members of the LGBT community. Uh, and it also used a homophobic slur, which, which mm. I'm not going to say. Uh, but so a photo of this shirt uh, which was sold at uh, a bar called the Eagle's Nest, which is in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, a photo of it went viral on social media over the weekend, and the shirt featured an image of a man uh, pointing a gun with the words, in Wyoming, we have a cure for AIDS. We shoot the F word and then the F word used to describe gay people. So after seeing the post on social media, a Wyoming LGBT group called uh, Wyoming Equality requested that the Eagle's Nest pull the merchandise from their shelves, but the staff reportedly refused. Of course. So this incredibly homophobic bar gets contacted by a gay organization. Of course, they're going to be like, no, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> Wyoming. No gay bars. Remember? Yeah. So, on Monday, the bar's owner said that he would not be restocking the sold-out T-shirts, uh, and he said, I'm in the bar business, not the apparel business, so I don't know what caused the change of heart there, but uh, the bar owner also made a statement to uh, the executive of Wyoming Equality saying that he'd been selling the shirts since the murder of Matthew Shepard, uh, whose death sparked movement by the state and federal government to pass hate crime laws. So he's been selling the shirt for at least over 10 years, over a decade now. Yeah. And after the, yeah. the hate crime laws went into effect as well. Uh, so Wyoming state representative Landon Brown uh, also chimed in with the following statement. This shirt is despicable and does not represent Wyoming in any way, shape or form in a time where we need to grow our economy and welcome new industries to our state. This type of action causes consequences, not only for the bar, but our state as a whole, which I take to mean quit being mean to the gays. We need our money. There's nothing 
in that statement that is like, you know, Wyoming doesn't stand for this. Wyoming stands for equality, you know, blah, 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 blah. He only talks about how, uh, how they need to grow their economy and stuff like this might hurt that. Yeah. Uh, you pretty much hit it on the head there. Actually, yeah. I had not even seen that. I hadn't thought about that in the statement there. You bring up a very good point here. Whereas with that, it wasn't like, you know, oh yeah, we're going to stand for, you know, the LGBT community. No, it's like, um, shut up, you know, it's like, yeah, stop, 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 stop embarrassing our, us. Yeah. There, there's no mention of, you know, we need to protect all of our citizens, including the LGBT community. There's no, uh, statement saying this type of hate will not be tolerated and it is not tolerated. No, it's just in a time where we need to grow our economy and welcome new industries to our state. This type of action causes consequences, not only Stop for the talking bar. talking about the gays in those terms. Yeah. 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 That's what like, it sounds like. It's very backhanded. You know? Yeah. So, so uh, like I said, quit being mean to the gays. We need their money. Right. Plus also too, you had said that, I don't know what the, why the owner had to change a heart. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like, uh, sounds like only now that you've been caught, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, Absolutely. we're not going to get that shirt back in stock. You know, this is not good publicity. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you do something wrong. It's not that, you know, it's only you're sorry whenever you're caught yeah. doing the wrong thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so speaking of LGBTQ, uh, the LGBTQ community and their money. Uh, so apparently Caitlyn Jenner is doing some fun stuff with her money. Yeah. So it's fair to wonder whether Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California or filming another reality show. Well, it turns out she's doing a little bit of both. Jenner is showing up at campaign events and rallies with a film crew like famous candidates often do. But she's also brought the crew to an interview with Sean Hannity and to an appearance at CPAC. Looking ahead to life after the trail, Jenner has been paying them to collect footage of her time running for office. And after the campaign, she can do whatever she wants with it. Sell it to Netflix for a documentary, perhaps, or the E for another Kardashian reality series. We're documenting history as senior campaign advisor explained so Mitt romney and hillary clinton released documentaries after their campaigns but both had a stronger shot at winning and unlike jenner didn't have prior careers in reality tv hmm. to avoid tangling campaign finances and the project jenner is paying for the crew and it can get expensive which leads to the question is the content for the campaign or is the campaign just for the content that is a good question <laughs> yeah so campaign ethics lawyer richard painter stated if she goes through with the motions and it's a legit campaign, we can't legally differentiate between people where it's a long shot and she's just doing it to make a movie. So Jenner's advisors said they haven't figured out what they're going to do with the footage. Jenner's spokesperson said, right now we're focused on winning and I haven't thought about what to do with it. But the campaign is something that needs to be documented. There are cameras filming Caitlin at certain big political events like CPAC. There's no deal for any television show or documentary. I kind of feel like it's not a bad idea though. So no, not at all. If, I mean, if you're, if you don't know it, you know, Caitlin Jenner doesn't know if she's going to win and she's probably not going to win. Let's be honest. Yeah. But she has a whole bunch of money and mm -hmm. uh, reality television experience. So it's like, you know, why not pay a, a, a film crew to follow you around, get a whole bunch of footage. And then if you don't win, be like, hey, Netflix, I was I was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Remember me? 
I think uh, they do remember. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's uh, look at all this footage I got. Let's let's right. make a documentary here or yeah. a reality TV show. And this could be the, the first season, you know, you know, she's paying for it herself. So, yeah, why not? yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, and to be honest with you, if all of the footage is already paid for and you've got like a first season's worth of uh, worth of footage that you don't have to film or script, all that has to be done is edit it. That would be, you know, that would be a pretty good deal for Netflix to to take yeah. that on. I am Kate, the campaign. Right? Something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the title of the show. That's what yeah. you're suggesting. Uh, I am Kate. <laughs> or, or or maybe just I am the campaign. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that she's not intertangling campaign finances in with us here is good. Best case scenario is she wins. Worst case scenario is that she recoups some of her costs that she had for her campaign. Yeah, absolutely. By selling the rights for the documentary. You know? Well, I mean, so, even if even if she were to win, she could just hold on to that uh, footage until after her term is up. Or just have a reality show during her term. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not out of the possibility. I mean, hell, we had Arnold Schwarzenegger as governor of California. Yeah, but wasn't he prohibited from appearing in films and television uh or acting in films and television until after his campaign was up i don't know that's a good question jason that's a very think, good question i think he was because that's around the time that the movie terminator salvation came out and they Bach, the govern yeah what and <laughs> uh arnold schwarzenegger's likeness made an appearance in that movie but it was all cgi because he wasn't permitted to actually act in it hmm yeah, there must be some weird law there or something. You know? Yeah. But, you know, California is the place where celebrities and uh, movie stars make their mark in government. Yeah, absolutely. Ronald Reagan, good example right there, you know. Not that he's well-liked by the LGBT community for yeah. what happened during the whole entire AIDS crisis, but still. You know. Oh. Yeah, so. Um, absolutely. Switching gears here into food again. Yeah, so back to uh, back to food. Yes. <laughs> and Russia and, and Russia. Uh, so uh, last week, a prominent Russian food market chain uh, whose name I don't know, I can't pronounce it. So I omitted it from this script. Let's just, just call it the Vladimir Putin store. Yeah, you can <laughs> you, you can Google this if you want more information. Just find some keywords. All right. So last week, a prominent Russian food market chain ran an online advertisement, uh, which was called Family happiness recipe uh, in English that featured, among others, a family that include, uh, included several lesbian women, right? In Soviet Russia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lesbians well, feed you. Yeah. In, well, in Russia, discrimination against LGBT people is actually written into law. Uh, so the boldness of this gesture is gigantic. Yeah. You have the laws in your country uh, that are against LGBT people, and one of the largest food market chains, supermarkets in the country, creates a, a television ad that featured lesbian women, right? So that's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So it's a fantastic step, uh, or you know what we thought was a yeah. fantastic step. So the chain posted the ad with... Uh, an 18 and up age marker just to avoid the liability under Russia's anti-gay propaganda law and emphasized 
in its opening paragraph that not talking about our customers' real families would be an act of hypocrisy. And it also described the featured families as different, but equally charming. So rightfully, a bunch of people were excited and they were chiming in on social media and enthusiastically describing their favorite food items sold by the chain, like a huge win for the people and the food chain, like a win-win situation, you would think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But apparently uh, that excitement was short-lived. Yeah. So three days (laughs) after publishing the ad, the company took it down. Uh, Uh, Not only did, yeah. So not only did they take it down, they replaced it with a letter of apology signed by its founder and 11 senior executives. So I, are you ready for the, for the apology here? No, but yeah, (laughs) go ahead. The statement reads the advertisement, which had been posted here seriously hurt the feelings of many of our customers, staff, and providers. We regret this happened and consider the publication a mistake of ours and a manifestation of unprofessionalism of several staff members. The objective of our company is to offer our customers fresh and tasty products not to publish items that reflect some political and social views. So it just sort of came out of nowhere. Everybody was, was responding positively to the ad. And then just all of a sudden they put up this apology. And so it's like, you know, it, why? Uh, Well, the apology was apparently triggered by a barrage of hate messages the company received, as well as boycott threats from homophobic customers, including local politicians. And the ad's protagonists also faced offensive comments and even death threats on social media, which law enforcement is apparently not investigating. But the problem here is that happens in America, too. Exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, it's just like this happens here, too. Yeah, every time... Target puts up uh, a pride display. The comments on Facebook are from 800 conservatives in Kentucky who are all saying that they're never shopping there again. Pretty much 90% of Target's posts and Walmart's posts are conservatives from uh, the South and the middle of the country saying, we're never shopping there again. Uh, You should not support such an agenda, blah, blah, blah. It happens. Yeah, yeah, we have know. people at Walmart we're just driving as a website still, apparently, after all these years. Yeah, absolutely. So they're still coming in in droves, apparently. Yeah, they're they're still going in there. <laughs> they just wanted to be mad on the internet for a minute, but mm-hmm. apparently that sort of uh that sort of backlash may have been too much for this food chain in Russia. However, it's also unclear as to whether Russian authorities directly pressured the company, and the company hasn't responded to many. Uh, to any media inquiries. So it's possible that the the Russian authorities may have just gone straight to this company and and said, Hey, yeah, you're going to take that ad down. (laughs) Yeah. In in Soviet Russia. (laughs) Yeah. No positive ad, only food. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. uh, yeah, (laughs) Speaking of food, Uh, do you know what time it is, Joe? I think it's time for the announcer free. 
moment of conclusion. Yes. So, Jason, do you like mac and cheese? I can't get enough mac and cheese. Do you like cold mac and cheese? Kinda. I love cold mac and cheese, especially Kraft. Yeah. Cold. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> and some people look at me like I'm nuts. Yeah, I, I don't say that. I love cold mac and cheese. It's actually, yeah, I, I think, even better than hot mac and cheese. I like it equally, but for different reasons, sort of like pizza. Hot pizza is good with the melty cheese, but cold yeah. pizza is just as good in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less messy, I think. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, mac and cheese. It's cheesy. It's creamy. For some people, it's warm and buttery. Uh, one more thing. It's not an ice cream. Some people are asking why. Oh, wow. So it's it's an ice cream flavor. Yeah. So Josh oh, wow. Prey, he's a comedian on YouTube, said, we are living in last days. Is this a terrible idea? Absolutely. Should this have been made? Gosh, no. This comes from the mind of a first grader. Oh, wow. The limited edition flavor created in celebration of National Mac and Cheese Day by Kraft Macaroni and Cheese and Van Leeuwen Ice Cream. It stores on Wednesday. Um, it's received its fair share of public outcry on social media, but the cold and cheesy treat is still sold out nearly everywhere. Oh, the wow. company is one of the combined two of the most iconic comfort foods to create an ice cream with the unforgettable flavor of Kraft macaroni and cheese we all grew up with, said Emily Violet, senior associate brand manager for Kraft macaroni and cheese in a news release. The ice cream is gluten-free and carries with it Kraft mac and cheese's iconic yellow-orange color. Van Leeuwen sells it for $12 a pint, alongside its other flavors, which include Earl Grey tea ice cream and a variety of other vegan options. Oh, I would try that Earl Grey tea ice cream. Ooh. As long as it was sweet. Yeah, I think it would be good. Yeah. At least they did carry it along with their other flavors until their site crashed because of the number of people trying to buy it. Oh, wow. So uh, either writer Amy McCarthy on NPR's Morning Edition said, it's definitely cheesy. It's a little funky, a little salty, a little sweet. But all together, I just say it just kind of comes together. It's very creamy and buttery. And it's a lot better than you think it's going to be. But despite numerous good reviews, much of the internet is not as keen to try the unique flavor. Oh, I would. I would absolutely try that. Like, yeah, if it's, I think if it would it's be available. Fine. Yeah, I think it'd be good. That's you know, awesome. I, I mean, it's like the salty and sweet thing. You know, I think it would work out very well. Oh, yeah. So. Nonetheless, some people, I guess, just don't like it, you know? Well, I mean, when when these weird things come out, people tend to shy away from it. Like, I remember whenever the first uh, dill pickle flavored chips came out, everybody was like, ew, gross. And then they became wildly popular. Exactly. So, um, anyways, this wraps it up for another edition of Not Straightcast, episode 20. To be exact, it's hard to believe we've made it this far. I know, right? Yeah. So uh, subscribe to us. We're all great podcasts are sold. Also check out notstraightcast.com, which has links to our previous shows, our Facebook, our new Reddit page, which is at r slash notstraightcast. So mm-hmm. feel free to check that out. And also our Twitter pages, um, our Discord server. So go ahead and give that some love as well. We don't see many people in there. <laughs> and the uh, notstraight.store, which strangely is popular. Um, also to our website, you know, it has blogs, news, and more. So make sure to check that all out. Absolutely. And if you like us, please leave a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. And we thank you for listening to Not Straight Cast. And as always, until next time, have a not straight one. <laughs>